through the smoke and the smell Going home in the rain Today, we are all Irish today If you're listening to that song, welcome to Pimtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here at Mutiny Radio. It's 8 o'clock. It's a Friday night. It's time to get started. Yeah! Special show tonight. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I am so glad that you've chosen to be here instead of being in Union Square to see a lot of ladies who are scantily clad throw up on their expensive shoes. Yes! That's what happens when you come from Walnut Creek and you spend $400 on your Jimmy Choo's so you can impress some Irish guy who doesn't give a shit anyways. Yay! Throw up on your shoes. I'll fuck you in the ass. Yay! Just turn around. Everything's going to be okay. Come on. It's St. Patrick's Day. Yay! Well, welcome. I'm going to start out by telling you guys uh, a special puke story of my own. I actually brought up a doggy bowl just in case I vomit again because this story is so disgusting that I might puke again. I, I actually, while I was trying to practice this story today at the bar, I dry heaved a little and I was worried about it. And I was like, Jonathan, I'm going to need to have a little puke bucket just in case. Welcome to St. Patrick's Day. Yeah! So I'm going to tell a little story. It was not St. Patrick's Day, but I was a... I was a lovely young lady in my 20s once. We can all believe that, right? Yay! That happened. Uh, It was the late 90s. I was a summer camp counselor at the JCC in La Jolla, and I met some really wonderful, amazing people there. And uh, one of the summer camp counselors said, well, my mom has a house in El Cajon, and they have llamas and 12 dogs. We're going to have a party. Come on out. I'm going to make jello shots. And I'm like, what? Jello shots. Let's take those. It was a fun party. Uh, it was a lot of people that knew each other, you know, really well. But what I mean by that is in a summer camp fashion. So we knew each other for four weeks and we we're all best friends. Yay, summer camp. Except we're adults, so it's weird. We're like, anyways, we're, so we're at my friend's house. And the entire place smells like llama piss and, uh, and dead dogs. And I take 18 jello shots. I take. 18, why? Because they had, they weren't letting me use the whipped cream like nitrous, like I like to. They weren't letting me like, like, you know, wow, wow, wow. They weren't letting me do that. They were putting the whipped cream on top of the jello shots and I was eating them and I ate 18 jello shots. Have you ever done this? Have you ever eaten 18 jello shots? Good. I don't recommend this. As a 25 year old girl with a really great liver, I thought I was doing fine. Nay. Uh, so, to catch you guys up, I took 18 jello shots. Yeah, exactly. And I'm at this person's house in El Cajon, and there's llamas, and there's 12 dogs, and I, uh, I'm having a good time, and suddenly, I've got to throw up a lot, like more than the average, like of like, and it was, they were like, they were uh, pineapple flavored, but for some reason they were pink. And so I, I go to her bathroom and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like there's carpet on the ground for me to kneel on. And I'm holding the bowl. Her bathroom has carpet. And I'm thinking at the time, this is so nice for me because I was wearing like a skirt and I'm like huddling the bowl and my knees are on the carpet and I'm over the porcelain and I'm just really, and I kept looking at the color and I was like, it's so bright pink, but they were, they were like yellow. They were, they were, Pineapple, why are they pink? Anyways, so I'm vomiting and vomiting and vomiting and I end up falling asleep in the bathroom 
uh, on this beautiful carpet, this fluffy, soft carpet, because I was so wasted. And when I wake up in the morning, I wake up to the smell of a human urine. And I, I, this is where I might need the puke bowl. And I'm smelling the smell. And it's because I'm laying against the toilet and I'm holding it so tightly and my cheek is pressed against the urine-soaked carpet that's been there for 20 years. This isn't just her urine or her dog's urine or the llama's urine. This is like her grandparents' urine. And I'm sleeping. Because who puts carpet in a bathroom? That's so gross. That's so El Cajon. Anybody who knows... Oh, come on, no. Your guts are like, San Diego, this means nothing to us. It's a weird, white, trashy kind of area. But they put carpet in their bathrooms, which is a problem. Now, I don't mind a little carpet on the top of the toilet seat, you know, like an old grandma. So when you, like, hug it, you feel secure. Because no one's peeing on top of that unless they were really drunk and they peed on top of it. But so I'm hugging the porcelain bowl and, I'm, and I feel something crusty on my face and I touch the carpet. And I'm like, oh, that's the pee. Yes, that's the pee that I'm... <laughs> And so then in the morning, I, I puked even more than I did the night before. Yay! Yay! There's nothing worse than waking up in someone else's bathroom on this gross carpet and being like, I didn't piss on this carpet. This is not... I, I, I know. I bought a house once. That's so funny for me to say because I'm a very poor comedian. But I was married once, and that was nice, and I bought a house. And when we got in there... They told us, okay, the reason, like after we, well, it was like the day before we actually signed the papers on the house. They're like, the reason this house is so inexpensive is that the guy who lived there died upstairs. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I I get in there and my ex-husband was working that night and I'm in the house and I feel like the presence of a ghost and it drew me to the downstairs bathroom because it had carpet in the bathroom. So I kept feeling the ghost. I kept feeling him until I ripped out that that whole night. I was like, I'm going to rip the carpet out of this downstairs bathroom. And I'm ripping the carpet out of the downstairs bathroom. And I'm feeling his pee go into my nose, like the particles, like pee particles of the dead man go into my nose. And I felt like I rebirthed the dead man into a shit that I did later because of the great... I got some really bad Domino's pizza delivered. You know what I mean? And I felt like I like... It was an exorcism. And then like... It was, a, it was like a sacrifice and an exorcism all at the same time. It was beautiful. And I never had to smell his old man piss again. And yay. I feel like I exorcised him from the house once we paid those people to take that piss carpet away. It's all about piss carpet for me. That's the only thing that makes me vomit is the idea of smelling other people's piss. I'm having my period right now. Is that gross too? Is that enough to... Uh, I don't do the normal period thing the way normal girls do. Uh, I mean, since we're talking about pukey stories, let's get gross. Right? Is anybody eating dinner right now? Good. No. Awesome. Uh, so I don't, I don't do the period the way normal girls do. I uh, wear something called a baby bib blood diaper. <laughs> this, is, this is weird. You, right, now, right now inside my underwear is a baby bib that I have folded over three times, and I use it as a blood diaper. And see, what I do is I, I leak into it, and then I wash it, because it's called being on the rag for a reason. You see, there's all this technology that we've had for so many years, and we just try to circumvent it with the paper products. Why? Because we want to kill plants. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why we're just bleed everywhere. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I used to use this thing called a moon cup. Did anybody use a moon cup? Diva cup, moon cup, any ladies familiar with the, yeah. You put a silicone cone up your twat, collects all the blood juices, and then you get to use them at your leisure. Like if you're growing carrots in your kitchen, 
I don't know if you guys have tried my baby blood glazed carrots, but they are so great. <laughs> they are. So it, you really make those plants grow so much stronger. I was trying to grow my own strain of weed. I was trying to make a God's pussy, you know. I was just pouring the menstrual blood on the plants. It grew so big and strong, and then I smoked it. Yeah. Feel that woman power. I, I don't know how to deal with my period because I feel like ah uh, it's like a it's like a blood moon and then like uh, my vagina turns into a werewolf and it just wants to eat dick. It's just like ah except I'm supposed to be unclean. Like put her in the red tent. Don't let her don't let her eat all the dick. I don't I don't know why the Jews put all those weird measures into place because it's it's so weird like. If you want to fuck girls, they're a lot hornier on their period. So why would you put them in a weird place where they can fuck each other? Like, can you get mad at lesbians? Like, what's wrong with you? Put them in their own tent for a week when they're their horniest? Rad. Let's see what turns out there. Sounds good, Jews. Love it. All right. Uh, we're going to get started right here. If you've never been here at Pam Tassi's Comedy Clubhouse before, we sing a song. If you know how it goes, sing along with it. If you don't, you'll figure it out. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse! Comedy. Clubhouse! Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high! <coughs> God, that Gorilla Glue is so good. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! I do too. I love that... I didn't need my puke bucket. If anyone else does, it's up here tonight. Yay! Uh, your first comedian of the night. I don't see him yet. So we'll go on to our second comedian of the night. Uh, I'm excited to see her. I don't, I don't actually don't see her either. I don't, I've never actually met her in person because I've only met her on the internet. Is Allie Mack here? I don't. She's not here. Okay, good. Because I was going to be a dick and I was going to be like, oh my God, I don't know who she is. But she's on my show. Okay, your next comedian, your first comedian of the night. What a treasure we have here. He's actually been sober for like way, way, way long time. And he keeps coming here to the happy hour and telling me how sober he's been. He's like, he's like, oh, I got these, I got these rock bottom stories. I just don't know when I'm gonna do them. And I'm like, let's make a show for you so you can tell your rock bottom stories, my friend. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to hear it because he's been sober for a really long time, but supposedly he's woken up in the hospital and didn't remember anything for two weeks. So if anyone knows about vomiting, it's your next comedian. Clap your hands wildly for Matthew Banks. I gave to Nancy Spain. All right. Thanks for coming out, guys. Supporting my alcoholism. Right? How's everybody doing? Pretty good? All good to go? Happy uh, St. Patrick's Day or whatever it is. Right? I knew nothing, like, I knew nothing about St. Patrick's Day when I moved here. I'm originally from Mississippi, and, uh, like, the only thing it meant back home was if you weren't wearing green, you were going to get a titty twister. Like, that's all it meant is that you were going to hurt later. So I always wore green. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. Like, down south, like, um, like you know, you don't know what you are. Like, you're either, like, white or black, and that's it. Like, you don't know. Like, you don't know your heritage. Like, why the fuck would I want to know my heritage? Like, good God. There's no telling what could happen, you know? So I don't I don't go down that road. Uh, I don't. You know, it's funny. I've been here a while now. And I've been all over the country living places, and, like, I didn't realize, like, how much, like, racism, like, comforts me. I mean... <laughs> It's very strange. It's very, very strange. I'm conflicted about it. You think you're feeling awkward right now? You should feel. You should know how I feel. I mean, I got off the plane 
and uh, I was getting off the plane, and there was this black and white couple, and they had this beautiful little kid, and this white woman walks by, and she's like, oh, look, Matthew, it's a, it's a half and half. I was like, are you fucking serious? I was like, that is the most racist shit I've ever heard, but I, like, felt at home. I don't know. I, it was weird. It was very weird. I mean, all I'm saying, like, most people are like, home is where the heart is. Like, not for me. Like, home is where the hate is, you know? <laughs> It is. I mean, I, like, all I'm saying, really, I guess, is, like, if Hitler were to, like, sing me a lullaby, I'd be, like, very conflicted, but I would probably go to sleep. I don't know. I don't know. It's been it's been weird. It's been weird. Uh, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll get to puke stories in a minute, but uh, I got some ranting to do. Uh, you know, I, um, I, I moved here recently, and I don't get this place, like, at all. Like, it's very weird. Like, everybody's, like, very, very, like, sensitive and, like, doesn't want to offend anybody. And they're, like, political, politically correct, which is fine, I, you know. But, like, where do you draw the line? Like, a dude came up to tell me a yo mama joke the other day, and he was like, my mom is so fat. I said, dude, <laughs> wait. I was like, there are no my mama jokes. I was like, get out of here with that crap. I was like, call my mom a cunt. Like, it'll make you feel better. It's liberating. I, I, I don't know. And then, like, this place is, like, the most sexually liberal place I've ever been in my life, which I'm totally fine with. I haven't partaked yet, but I'm excited about it, you know? But I'm like, how does that even work? Like, what do you say? It's like, take this dick, you strong, independent woman. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Like, what? How does that work? Like, you feel like you got some dignity with my fist in your ass or, or whatever. I don't know. All this leather and shit. I, I don't wear leather. Ugh. It's weird. I'm willing to, though. I'm willing to conform it's all about conformity right you know that's what we need to do we need to join together instead of this separation shit going on in the world today but uh yeah so i've been sober for 10 years now uh, yeah thanks a lot thanks a lot um my last drunk looked a little bit like this like i'm bipolar as well so it's like a double thing going on you know and like and i like when i drink like when I drink, I get relief. Like, I get, like, this amazing feeling of, like, oh, my God. It's almost like you're coming. I mean, it's amazing. Like, and, but, like, normal people don't understand that. They don't understand that when an alcoholic drinks, like, it's the most amazing feeling in the world. The problem with an alcoholic is sobriety. <laughs> it's not drinking, <laughs> shockingly enough. Like, sobriety is horrendous. Like, that's why I always drink again, you know? Like, it's got nothing to do with the drink. The drinking part is, like, the helpful part. Like, without drinking, I would have blown my head off, like, years ago. <laughs> probably, probably when I was, like, 14, I would have just taken myself out. But thank God for booze, you know? You know? Thank God. Keep drinking, people. Keep drinking. I get the pain. I get it, you know? Uh, but my last drunk, so I blacked out for two weeks, and I came to walking down the hallway of a mental hospital. That's always comforting. Uh, it was great, you know. My ass hurt really bad because they like stabbed me with like the Thorazine and Haldol, it's like the cocktail, you know. And so my ass hurts, and then I've got the Thorazine shuffle. So like all I do is this for like hours, and I like like I'm on a fucking ship. I mean, I, and like there's there's like no stopping it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's horrible, you know. And I mean, oh my god, and my brain was fried. I couldn't read for like nine months, like literally. 
for nine months. I'm against reading, by the way, but we'll, we'll get back to that part. Um, but yeah, I don't know, like the worst puking episode. I mean, I puked every day for two years. So like, I, I was like, where do I, mornings, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a pregnant woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was like off the cuff, guys. You should, appreci- you should appreciate that comedy. Um, but yeah, every morning I puke. So I don't really know how to go down this road. But I mean, I, there's there's been some hairy times, definitely. Um, I can remember uh, I can remember one time I went out and it was one of those great nights where like all the ladies are like talking to you and you're like having a great time and you're like get this euphoria. I was like maybe I'll smoke a blunt as well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I always shoot for the fence, you know, and I, I, I smoke this blunt and I got home and I'm like so sick that I like can hardly breathe, you know, and I'm like throwing up. I threw up all night and I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? So I, I like fully clothed. I just got in the bathtub <laughs> like I didn't I didn't have the energy to take my clothes off. So I just like ran the bath with, a, with my clothes on and I'm puking out of the side of this tub the whole night. And uh, my mom was probably a little concerned. Uh, so I, you know, so, <laughs> so I'm puking and then I like went to bed and I like, I'm so drunk I can't walk. So I'm like throwing up all over myself. And, uh, and my mom comes and like, finds, me in, finds me in a puddle of puke and she's like, you need to go to the psychiatrist <laughs> or whatever the fuck, you know? Um, so that was weird. Um, but. <laughs> I don't know. You ever you ever drink, uh, you ever thrown up so you could drink more? Anybody? Yeah, it's like you gotta like get more, get that shit out of your system so you can get more in you. You know what I'm saying? That's how it was for me. But this is not like a puking story, but this is a story that happened. Moonshine was my favorite drink. Uh, I should I should stop there. I mean, like, it was it was amazing. Like that's why my memories like shot. Um, yeah, fried this. I <laughs> fried this brain. Thank you, George. Thank you for those laughs out there. But yeah, one night I got a little got a little uh, too uh, happy with it because what I do is I get like a whole cup of moonshine and I would just chug it, you know, and that would like start the night off. And this one night I, I like chugged a little too much and I like blacked out immediately. And then like hours later, I came to in my buddy's house and uh, I didn't know what the hell had happened. And uh, all I knew was like my balls hurt a little bit and I was highly concerned. I was. I was concerned. I didn't know what was going on and I knew I needed a shower. That was it. And so I walk home. (laughs) Thank you, George. And uh, (laughs) so I walk home and my balls are killing me. And I get home to like get in the shower and I like take my pants off and I look down and there's this like yellow, like slimy shit in my boxers. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck has happened? And like the next thought is like, I'm never telling anyone about this. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was one of those moments, like the lowest amount of shame. I was like, who the fuck did I? sleep with oh my god you know and so anyway i i take my shower and i go my go to my buddies the next day and he's they're like smirking and laughing i was like what the fuck is up you know and they were like did you find something in your drawers last night i was like what are you talking about and they put they fucking unzip my fly and they squirted dishwashing soap into my pants those motherfuckers right you talk about a rash like that's like the biggest scare of like an std ever 
It's like you got a rash and your balls hurt and like you're just like, oh my God, what the hell has happened? So is that enough puke stories? Can we move on? <laughs> no, I mean, um, but yeah, um, my buddy, he just had a kid and he's like trying, like really trying to like impress me with this. And he, uh, he sent me a photo and he's like, look what I created, man. And I'm like, dude. Nine months ago, I was on the phone with you. You were crying your eyes out because you forgot to pull out. And, like, now you're taking credit for your child. Like, you're saying you created this child. Like, you didn't pull out in time. That's what happened, you know? And, I, like, like, women would never have that kind of arrogance. Like, look, and they grew inside of them. And he's just like, he's like, look what I created. And then he's, like, he's like sending me all these, like, videos and shit, like, trying, trying to, like, take credit for things that he has nothing to do with. Like the first video of him walking. I'm like, dude, you're taking credit for biology. <laughs> I was like, that kid would have walked regardless of your parenting skills. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just crazy to me. Like what I think like sucking through a straw took some training. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't I don't get this whole, you know, children thing. I uh, uh, I don't know, and and you you have to convince yourself that it's a blessing. You know, you have to, or you'll just fucking shoot yourself. I mean, it's like your whole paycheck every month, everything goes toward the kid. And I know because I was a kid, and my parents like gave me everything. You know, that's probably why I'm a drunk and doing stand-up comedy on a Friday night to a bunch of people I don't know. But I'm glad I'm here. I'm really glad I'm here. I am. You know, but uh. So I like I'm I'm like uh, fascinated with serial killers. Uh, yeah, I am. Hold on to your seats because we're going down some hairy roads here. Uh, but I, you are too. Is it? Were you pointing at her? Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Serial killers are the best, you know. And uh, I was like listening to this podcast and this dude. He was like the Facebook killer, and he like killed his entire family and he posted the pictures on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my God, that's my dude. Like, he is a, like, he is a creep, you know? And I was, like, fascinated with this shit. And uh, so they were, like, talking about him, and they were like, this guy, he killed his entire family and posted it on Facebook for 150 of his friends and family to see. I was like, no wonder he killed himself. He's a fucking loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> he only had 150 friends. Like, if I only had 150 friends, I would have blown my head off afterwards. The dude is in jail. He's still alive. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, that's just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. But I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to turn myself around. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to eat right. And I went to my doctor. I mean, salad is weird. It's like a hand job. It's like the healthier alternative. <laughs> it's not much fun. And you're going to be there for a while just shoving shit in your mouth. I mean, I hate it. I don't know. That's, a, that's another story. But I've been trying to, like, really, you know, help myself. Been going to the doctor and stuff. The doctor's like, look, Matthew, he's very mean. He's a dick. And he was like, you got to start, like, eating, like, eating right. You got to, like, get a trainer or, like, you just got to accept being a fat ass the rest of your life. And I was like, this dude is a genius. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, all I have to do is accept it. <laughs> like, that is amazing. Like, I don't have to do any work. So I was like, fuck the gym. I am never going back. And I have peace and serenity because of you guys tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. Give it up for Pam. Serenity now, Matthew Banks. Yes. 
That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Enjoyed that very much. I'm really happy about it. There were all kinds of things that I would tag, but I'm already getting too drunk because it's St. Patrick's Day. What? Oh, I should have added two more of these before I have. Because then I talk like a pirate, which would sort of sound Irish, and that would be okay. Yay. Uh, your next comedian, you guys, he's from London. What? No, like he flew in on Wednesday from London to be here. Well, he was also like, you know, checking out other things, not Alcatraz, because he's not like a loser, right? But he went to the wharf, didn't eat in and out. We already talked about it, bummed about it. He needs to eat in and out before he leaves. I feel like we should get some Grubhub, get it delivered here with in and out. He's never eaten in and out. He doesn't even know what it is because he's from London. And I'm like, this is California. This is quintessential. Ahmed knows. He's in college. He knows what that's like. You guys, your next comedian. I get to learn all about Brexit the other day uh, because I interviewed him on it. No, it's a thing. I didn't know. I was like, and his wife Rose was so loved. She, she told me about feminism in, um, in England. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know. I knew women could be like a prime minister, but I didn't know they were allowed to talk or whatever. I was like, that's so cute. All right, you guys are... <laughs> You should be so excited for your next comedian because I haven't heard his material. He's going to blow all of our minds. Everybody, it's Jack Wheeler. I called a liberty bell. I had a cup of tea. I drank the crazy So no pressure there then, obviously. Um, right. The, uh, if you've got problems with the accent or any of the references, I'll take questions later. So uh, that's okay. Um, right. I'm a middle-aged, middle-class white man lived in the age of Brexit in my country and Trump in yours. And I've decided to embrace what all of that means and I've decided to become a massive racist and sexist. <laughs> so my show tonight is only aimed at white men. So um, I think that's pretty much you. <laughs> um, I'm not a man. <laughs> white people. I apologise. Started well. Um, uh, dear, what are we going to say next? We've lost it, haven't we? Uh, right. I arrived in your country on Wednesday, and um, I decided I wouldn't, when I was up here on stage, I wouldn't insult your country or your president, because it was like you've invited me into your home. But to be fair, if you would invite me into your home, you wouldn't fingerprint me and take my photo first, as you did on Wednesday when I came in. And if you invited me into your home, it would be rude of me to comment about your, your strange old grandfather who's sat in a corner somewhere and, you know, and, but, um, and we obviously we're talking in metaphors here because the room might be wiretapped, so we've got to be careful there. <laughs> but, um, but let's stop talking about metaphors. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump claims to have a massive personal mandate. Now, personally, I don't need to know what the first line of his grinder profile is. He also is thinking of making... Bruce Wayne, his national security advisor, because those psychopathic billionaires have got to stick together, haven't they? <laughs> um, let's get on to some puke stories now. Um, in England, we've Eskimos have got 50 words for snow, apparently, and we've got more than 50 words for, for puke. Let's go through this. There's spew, and there's throw up, and there's vomit, and there's hurl, and there's chunder. There are nice poetic metaphors. There's sidewalk pizza, and Technicolor yawn. Um, you can you can put sick at the end of words to make them sound quite nice. Homesick. It says where you where you miss the place that you that you grew up, not where you can't make the restroom in time and you throw up on the carpet. <laughs> or the dog, because you'll never get a smell out of the dog. 
Lovesick, same sort of thing. You're never going to smell out of your girlfriend. Um, we flew in on Wednesday, as I say, and we, we, we were in economy class. We were sat right at the very rear of the, rear of the plane. And it's a, a ten and a half hour flight. But it was good because they, they fed us all the way through. And the last meal was just about an hour before we came into land, just as we were starting our descent. And I figured at that point, having eaten all the way along, if I throw up now, I get sick now, I can start a tidal wave and it will just roll forward to the front of the plane and everyone will get sick. And those fuckers in first class, those bloated plutocrats, they're going to get it all. Um... Yes, I have put my fingers down my throat and thrown up so I can drink more. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, sick. Right, Rose will back this up. I have woken up in someone else's sick. Uh, my 21st birthday party, she's, she's over, you can't see her, but she's, but she's cringing. My 21st birthday party, my then best friend, we had the party at my house. And we were drinking, we started about 10 in the morning, and I drank myself drunk and drank myself sober. And about four o'clock the following day, following morning, I was asleep on the, on the living room floor. Friend, my best friend at the time was asleep on the couch. So I'm using the couch, not sofa there, because I'm just trying to make you feel at home. Um, and he got sick there, which I didn't know. And then about five o'clock, he got up to go to the bathroom. And I thought, oh, there's a nice soft couch there. I can sleep on that. So I get up and go and lay down there. Several hours later, I wake up. My parents also come downstairs from their bedroom and think, I've been sick on the couch. Fortunately, Rose was awake at the time and had seen what had happened and was prepared to stand up and defend me. But... Uh, so waking up in someone else's sick is 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 it worse than waking up in your own sick? I suspect it probably is, because at least you, if it's your sick, you know what you've eaten, you know what you've drunk, you pretty much know what's in it. Someone else's sick it could be anything, um, and I really didn't know what it was. Uh, when I was younger, I used to get travel sick when I was in a car. Um, it was very much a race if we were if we were driving somewhere. It was foot down, me hanging out of one window, the dog hanging out of the other window, see which one of us was going to throw up first. <laughs> Invariably, it was me. Uh, is that enough sick stories for you? I think it probably is. Um, we're going to talk now, as we're in the, the home of science, pretty much in the world these days, we're going to talk about science. We're going to talk about the uh, Voyager. The space probe, we sent it out into the universe 30, 40 years ago, 1977, it's 40 years ago, Jesus. Um, so we sent it out into, sorry? Not quite. Not quite. Almost there. Almost there. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the Voyager space probe, we sent it out into the universe to try and contact aliens. And when we're trying to contact these aliens, on the Voyager space probe, there is information about mankind. And on it, there's an anatomically correct picture of a human being. So somewhere, as we speak now, there are two alien women, or men, let's not judge this, saying again, well, what's that a picture of then? Well, I think it's a penis. Are you sure? It's very small, isn't it? <laughs> and there's only one of them. <laughs> and he's got very small hands as well, hasn't he? What do you think that's about? 
So really, all this time, we've not been looking for little green men, we've been looking for horny green women. Um, when I started doing comedy, many, 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 some time ago anyway, people said to me, there are a number of things you shouldn't talk about. That was politics, religion, science, and the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. <laughs> Which to you and me is Schrodinger's cat. Now, do we all know what Schrodinger's cat is? I'm going to recap briefly, just in case you don't. Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment where you say you have a cat, a box, a file of poison, and a radioactive, radioactive isotope. And the idea is you put the cat and the poison and the isotope in the box. And until you open the box, you don't know whether the cat is alive or dead. Up until that point, it can be in either state. It's in a quantum state. But it seems to me, if you put a cat in a box with a radioactive isotope and some poison, you pretty much want that fucker dead, don't you? <laughs> what I'm proposing, though... Cats are much more... Uh, okay, look, let's... <laughs> just for Pam's benefit, we're going to talk about the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics, or, as I like to call it, Schrodinger's dog. Do you like dogs? Dogs. Right, so it's the same... So, you take a dog and a box and some poison and a radioactive isotope and you put them all in the box. And until you open the box, you don't know whether the dog is alive or dead. To be, but to be fair, it's a dog, so no one cares because no one likes dogs. <laughs> what I'm proposing, though, is a variation on that. We're going to call Wheeler's dog. And you take a dog and some bricks and a sack. And you put the dog in the sack and the bricks in the sack. And then you tie it in a knot and you throw it in the nearest river. <laughs> and that dog is definitely dead and definitely never coming back. <laughs> I'm glad you did your cats. <laughs> I could do it any animal you like. Is there any other? Sloth. Possum. Gerbil. Gerbil? Possum? Which one do you want first? They've had enough. <laughs> no, they haven't. No, no. Schrodinger's gerbil. No one cares about gerbils either, really. Possum? No. Sloth? Sloths are dead anyway, aren't they? They're, they're, they're all, all but dead anyway, really, aren't they? No one... They're so slow. Lemur. Emu? Lemur. Lemur. Lemur and emu. Lemur and emu. They both they sound too similar. We get those confused. We wouldn't know which one we, we were putting in the box, which one we were killing, would we, really? Caribou? Caribou, big... <laughs> Caribou would be a big box. Um, you might have to stun it first to make sure it stayed in there. I don't know. Caribou were fairly chunky, aren't they? Of course, if it was dead, you could eat it. But you might open the box and find it's still alive, and then you've got an angry caribou in your hands, haven't you? What do you do then? Run, I suggest. Talking of running. What would you do in the event of a zombie apocalypse? Would you run for the hills? Would you hide? Now, I've thought about this, and I've done my research, and I've decided the zombie lifestyle might be the one for me. And I might just let them take me, because... Lots of fresh air. It's a, it's a free-range diet. <laughs> exercise. Exercise, that's right, yeah. Lots of exercise. 
you do run the risk of getting your head caved in, but we live in big cities, so that's a risk we run every day anyway. A um, little bit about me. Um, you might need your... Yeah, just in case. In Britain, we have what we call the National Health Service, which I guess you would call Socialist Health or Obamacare Plus or something. Anyway, but it's, it's, it's free healthcare. And what they do is you get to a certain age and they offer you all sorts of free tests. And a while back, they asked me if I would like what they call a flexible sigmoidoscopy. And what that means is they take a tiny camera that doesn't feel small on the long tube and they shove up your ass just to see whether you've got colon cancer or this sort of thing. Polyps, exactly, all that sort of stuff, yeah. But when they've completed it, what they then do is they, they give you a report that tells you, among other things, how far they've managed to insert the camera. Um, but being men, we're all competitive, so I'm in the change room afterwards. I go up to the man sitting next to me, I look that way, and he says, uh, so how far? 51 centimetres? No, nothing. Uh, do you want metric or do you want inches? 18 inches. I'll, I'll do both. 51 inches. Not 51 inches. Jesus, no. 51 centimetres, 18 inches. No, nothing, I said. I, I can beat that. Man, my left-hand side. 59. 24 inches. No, nothing. Me, I said. 65. 65 centimetres. That's 26 inches. And he says, it's not a contest, you know. I said, it fucking is, and I've won it. <laughs> Um, some of you will look at me and you'll think, I'm fat. Yeah. <clears throat> and I can tell you now, I'm not fat and I have documentary proof to prove this. Last time I was in Edinburgh, in Scotland, in Europe, over that way somewhere, I was stopped by the, by the police. And I didn't know why they'd stopped me. It turned out they were stopping people who were dressed in a way that was going to embarrass their wife and daughter. And I was wearing Crocs, sports socks, shorts, and a Spider-Man t-shirt. Exactly. I think they were entitled to stop me. But then one of the things they do is they give you a report which gives you the reasons for the stop. And on that, it has information about you. So add height, six foot. That's about right. Build, medium. Thank you, Scotland. <laughs> so, um, you take a lemur and a box. No, you don't do that. <laughs> right. Have you discussed with your lovely boyfriend over there the concept of a celebrity crush? Have, is there a celebrity that you've got a crush on? And have you spoken about it with him? No, Rose and I have had this conversation. We've got a celebrity crush. And, and, we've, and, we've spoken, and we've told each other who that celebrity crush is. And that was fine until we both picked Robert Downey Jr. Oh. As, as Iron Man, obviously. Not as Chaplin, that would be very, very strange, wouldn't it? <laughs> what, Chaplin guy? Was Chaplin guy? I don't know. It makes some of those films look very different, doesn't it? He's all alone. He was all alone in a log cabin in the gold rush, eating his shoes. I mean, does, that, does that make him gay? I don't know that it does. He had a little moustache and a great dictator. But then he was, that was a pastiche of Hitler. Does that make him gay? I don't know. Um, 
He's got several children. That doesn't mean anything, does it? We know that doesn't mean anything at all. But was he gay? I really don't know. He's, let's put it this way. He's buried in Switzerland and his body was stolen. That's probably very gay, isn't it? Um, I've got nothing more to say now. That's thrown me, this talk of Chaplin and whether he was gay or not. But I think we've conclusively proved that he probably wasn't gay. What about Robert Downey Jr.? Is he gay? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that movie. He played a, he played a gay man in that. Now, now I've taught you about your film history. I'll go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, hey, tonight we would like to encourage if anyone has any uh, puke stories of their own and they're in the audience and they want to distill it down to two minutes. If there's any, does anybody want to tell a puke story of their own? Okay, great. Oh, she's going to come back. Okay, she'll come back. Uh, but but here, but you can have the, okay. Do you have one? Do you want to do one now? All right. Here you guys, we have Katie Petro. She's going to do a two minute Wrong person's story, because I want to encourage the audience to be a part of this puking extravaganza. Everybody, Katie Petro, yeah! So when I was a kid, my mom thought it was really fun um, to get us up super early in the morning on the weekends. Since she didn't have time to cook breakfast because we had to get out the door, we were allowed to eat donuts. Which, at my house, like... We had non-fat milk. Our fancy cereal, like when we got sugar cereal, it was Cheerios. Like we were those, like grew up in San Francisco, my parents ate vegetables. Um, <laughs> so donuts were kind of exciting, right? So you're like, my mom got a dozen donuts. So you'd eat like three, like in like three minutes, and then you'd get in the car, and my mom's like the world's shittiest driver, right? She's like driving on a country road, and she's like, look at the tree, look at the squirrel, and she's just like winding, going, hitting all the curves. So, like, this started when I was, like, little, like, in diapers. And then by the time I was three, I had this dress that I called my upchuck dress. <laughs> it was this red dress that was about this long, you know, little kid dress. And it, um, it said, I am a bad girl. No, it said, I am a good girl on it. But I called it my upchuck dress because every time I wore it, I puked on it because <laughs> of my mom's driving and the donuts. This continues. This continues. I'm, like, 12. <laughs> And we're driving on the same road, and she's driving, and she's like, and here we come onto your pukey turn. And I'm like, I gotta roll down the window. <laughs> no donuts, right? This is like you know, afternoon, not totally traumatized by the whole bright lights, early morning donut, situ high sugar situation. So, you know, that happens. So, a couple years later, I'm learning how to drive. And I had just come back, I'd been living overseas for the summer doing some art thing. And, um, Came back and uh, my mom decides to teach me how to drive. And so I have to learn on a stick. The answer is <laughs> we have to go down to Highway 84, which if for those of you who may not know, it goes between somewhere on the coast that's the middle of nowhere to somewhere on the peninsula where there's a lot of rich people with like fancy guitars, like ri rock stars live there. But in between, there's a 17 mile road that's pretty much like wah, wah, wah. So my mom's like pulls over at the beginning of the road and she's like, okay, here's how you drive stick put it in gear and you go and I'm like okay driving I'm driving and suddenly we're like on this crazy hairpin turn and I like I'm like 
fuck, how do I stop the car? She's like, hit the clutch and the brakes at the same time. And I was like, Bruh. and I like jump out of the car and she's like, oh shit, hit the e-brake. And I'm like, start puking. <laughs> and, um, and, um, <laughs> and, um, you know, like she hits the e-brake right before her car, like her, you know, SUV kind of like rolls off the edge of this hair and turns like, like stopped in the middle of the road where the car could go off the cliff, puke, get back in. And she's like, feel a little better? I was like, yeah. She's like, I didn't know people could do that when they were driving. <laughs> and then she made me drive the rest of the way back to the city. There you go. Puke story. Yay! Yay, Katie Petro! Yay! Yay! Puke stories from the audience and beyond. Yay! That was fun. That was a good puke story. I like it. Uh, your next comedian is from Nice, in France, Francais, in the Nice. I am sure they are very uh, curvy roads there, and they drive on them. They vomit, you know, into whatever they do, so like a plastic bag or whatever. <laughs> this is me trying to do a French accent. <laughs> Um, I'm not making fun of your people. I love the French. I do. I learned your language for four years, but in the United States, so I learned how to read it and write it, but not speak it, because I'm an asshole. That's because that's what, that's what they teach all Americans to do, is just like understand things, but not know how to communicate with people. Yay! Or not even understand things anymore. <laughs> it's like, what is it to be an American? Your next comedian, I hope she tells it. I want to know what the French people think about us assholes, and we are up for it right now. You guys are in for a treat. All the way from Nice, Vanessa Marseille. Hear what they might say. The old ones were all dead and gone. The young ones turning gray. I met the tailor Quigley. Hello, San Francisco. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. What? Peace. <laughs> so, how are you feeling? Are you having a good night so far? Yeah? Well, I can't hear you. Come on. You're having a good night, yeah? Yeah? Better. So, I'm French, and there are lots of English words we don't have in French. For example, there is no French equivalent for your opinion counts. <laughs> and what do you mean by excuse me? I don't know, guys, what's your obsession about the French accent. I got asked all the time, Oh, can you say something in French? Everything you say is so sexy. Can you make love with a French accent? Uh, yeah, I can't even snore with a French accent. <laughs> I'm supposed to do a puke story tonight. Problem is, like, French girls don't puke. <laughs> you are fashion police, we have glamour police. <laughs> we are not allowed to puke to poo or to hail a taxi with unshaved armpits. <laughs> so I'm from Nice. Now internationally known for its beauty and a terrorist attack. <laughs> At least we've had an efficient way to get, rid of the, to get rid of the tourists. After the attack, I got many calls from former dates, ex-boyfriend, mainly men who dumped me. I thought at first, how thoughtful of them, so they do care about me. Then I realized, they probably don't want to add my death to their karma. 
rejected and dead, it's too much for one girl. <laughs> it's a slow one. Go. <laughs> take your time, take your time. <laughs> so, by the way, it is technically impossible for a French native to be a terrorist. French people don't do anything. <laughs> it's true. French people don't do anything unless they can enroll into a trade union. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a mass murderer trade union? <laughs> anyway, they could only attack between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. <laughs> and during work days. <laughs> when you're French abroad, people think you are lonely, homesick, that you're craving to meet other French. Here is a piece of information. French are lonely species. We don't need to be coupled up like lions on Noah's Ark. We are not planning to reproduce exclusively with each other. We actually don't want to preserve the French gene. <laughs> Ask any French guy, he will tell you. His duty is to spread his sperm around as much as possible. Anyway, when two French meet, sounds a bit like that. Bonjour, where are you from? Paris, and you, me too. Great, see you around. Truth is, if French really wanted to meet each other, they would have stayed in France. <laughs> Some people are lucky. They got money, they got a partner of their dreams, they got babies. I got you more. Life has been so generous with me. <laughs> Stand-up comedy is really addictive. It's like having sex, but with my clothes on. I said to my friend, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, so I can charge you to, to complain about my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a full-time comedian. I actually have a normal job which doesn't require to be funny. I work for the French government. <laughs> Public administration, as they call it. I'm a fonctionnaire, which is the French translation for wonker. <laughs> First day in the office, my colleague was complaining. Since the new boss arrived, I'm struggling to get my bonus. He actually wants me to work to get it. <laughs> French people don't bother to go to the gym. We don't exercise, we sexercise. <laughs> we sweat, we walk out in pairs or more. We can do it anywhere, more or less, and it's free. What's not to like? Save money, do as the French, have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me you should write more appropriate jokes. I can't do appropriate. I'm French. I have to live up to people's expectations. <laughs> I've heard your president is building a wall. I know about the Chinese wall, the Hadrian wall, the Berlin's wall. The uh, history will remember this one as a jacked wall. OK, doesn't work. <laughs> I had to try. I had to try. I, I thought it would work. Well, OK, forget about this one. Do you know the difference between a shrink and a prostitute? They both charge you by the hour, but only one can really relieve you from stress. <laughs> See, I'm better about sex. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to give up politics. <laughs> I'm against slavery. It's not cool to sell men for money, even if they are footballers. Wow. <laughs> 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 
Anyway, I don't understand why they are paid so much to play with just one small ball. Women all around the world, they play with many for free. <laughs> and I forgot the next one, it's a good one. Oh, yeah. I think prostitutes should strike against Tinder. Free sex around the corner is obviously unfair competition. <laughs> I don't understand men. Do you know some of them put their, put their genitals as a profile pic? Guys, do you really think a girl would find it so amazing that she would knock at your door and have sex with you? Anyway, you would have to open the door naked so she can recognize you. <laughs> Let's talk about bad sex. Bad sex is when a man grabs your boobs like he's going to save his life while trying to unlock your legs. <laughs> but can't even find your clitoris, even with a GPS. <laughs> Guys, that is why we wax, to show you exactly where your tongue should land. <laughs> what else do you need to find in a giant poster saying, free beer? One friend told me <laughs> I'm not relationshipable. It might be true, as all my relationships turn out to be relationships. <laughs> Fifty shades of shit. <laughs> but um, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> Since when men are playing hard to get? Generation of women refining sophisticated strategy to drive men crazy, and all we got is a headache. <laughs> I can get the cell result with bad wine and without drama. <laughs> but why do I complain? I must unconsciously like mysterious men. And what is more mysterious than a man who doesn't call you? <laughs> <laughs> but <I laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but I know why I'm single, because first, I can't lie. I can't even fake an orgasm. <laughs> Second, behind every great man, there is a great woman. But behind every great woman, <laughs> there is nobody. <laughs> I will leave you disagreeing with Shakespeare. To sleep on the third date or not to sleep, that's the real question. <laughs> My name is Vanessa Marcy. You've been a wonderful audience. Thank you very much. Yay. To fart or not to fart on the third date? This is the question, you know. Yay, Vanessa Marcy, yay. You're, that's your, you don't even, English is your second language. But like, but when you do your comedy en français, you do it in French, right? Like when you're in French, you don't do comedy in French? No, I'm not funny in French. You're not funny in French? You don't even translate? Wow. Wow, it doesn't translate. It doesn't, comedy doesn't translate into French. This is new to me. I'm excited to know. French is never funny because the accent does itself. You know what I'm saying? Vanessa Marcy, yay! Right, you guys, give it up for our two international comedians tonight. Jack Wheeler and Vanessa Marcy. What did you forget? Oh, oh yes, your iPhone. Oh, you take a selfie of everybody in the... Yeah, everybody take a picture. 
Selfie. Oh, on the stick. Everybody take the picture. Yeah. Get in the picture, everybody. You can see on the selfie stick. We can all point in. The people in Francais, they are going to be very excited about this crazy thing. Yay! Yay! We were all in the selfie. Yay! Vanessa Marcy, keep it going. Yay! Does, uh, before we get on to our next comedian, does anyone have a puking story they'd like to share? Are there? Yes, come up. Puking story, sharing puking story. Here we go. I forget your name again. Alyssa. Alyssa, everybody, give it up for Alyssa. Hey. All right. A uh, quick puking story that goes perfect for that puking story. I'm uh, from the land of jug handles called New Jersey. Uh, you can't make left turns there. And um, there's a lot. Of, so there's jug handles. And there's no stoplights or anything. You just got to keep going no matter what. You can't stop. Um, has anyone sneezed while they're driving? Scariest thing on the planet. Has anyone puked while they're driving? She did. She did, yeah. Uh, life hack. Um, plastic bags. I don't think you have them in California. <laughs> Reusable grocery bag. Not cloth, because that's not going to work for this. Take the plastic bag. Hook it on your ear. Hook it on your other ear. You got yourself a puke trough. <laughs> Hands free. Don't have to stop. Just keep going. Power through. True ass story. Um, just a little quick one. I knew I was destined for great puking the first time I drank. Um, someone had an empty solo cup. I walked up behind them, puked in it, walked away. No one ever knew. So uh, secret puking clean puking, puking hacks. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alyssa, everyone, puking hacks. We love it. I, I'm going to use that. You took the plastic bag over the ears and then I don't drive a car. I, I'm, I'm too responsible to drive a car because I'm an alcoholic. So I won't ever drive again. That's why I moved to San Francisco because there's public transportation. Yay, Muni. I never have to drive drunk ever again. Yay. So I moved to the city, you guys. I'm not kidding. It's, it's, just, it's important stuff to have public transportation because I like to drink on a Tuesday. So I don't have children. Tuesdays are the best day for drinking. Amen. You're not, I, I, everybody, before we get to our next comedian, clap it up in the back for Zay, David Zunzu running the ones and two. That's uh, David Zunzu Kirscher. Being a champion. He's a poet and a gentleman and a rapper and a great sound guy. Your next comedian used to run an open mic on Alameda Island uh, for some thing, but then I don't know, that fell apart. Maybe he got too drunk and puked at the open mic. I don't know what happened. I hope it was that. But you guys are going to enjoy him right now. Everybody, Ahmed Abdel Rahman! Uh, I didn't puke, um, but I was really hungover at the last one and slept through everyone's performance, uh, which would have been all right if I wasn't the one hosting the whole thing. So they were looking for me for like a whole hour and I was in the bathroom. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't say that. Um, you, Give it up for Pam real quick. Go ahead, clap it up. 
clap it up for putting such a diverse group of white comics on this show on St. Patty's Day. I mean, we had a, a Englishman, uh, a Frenchwoman, and now we get me, a broke-ass nigga. Um, it's 2017, I'm gonna say it, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, huh, man, like, I feel like the hardest part about being, like, a black comic in San Francisco is that there's a lot of expectations out of me, you know? Like, people see me and they're like, oh, wow, I wonder what he's got to say about Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj. And then they hear me talk and they're like, oh, wow, this guy's going to talk about anime. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't pay to hear his opinion on Naruto, man. Like, I don't care about the new Dragon Ball Z. It sucks. Um, <laughs> Expectations. Well, this is a puking thing. I guess I could talk about like puking. Um, Before that, I want to address the um, kiss, kiss, bang, bang thing. It was Val Kilmer who was the gay um, guy on that movie, not Robert Downey Jr. No, (laughs) it's fine. I'm not Robert Downey Jr. Um, I mean, you know, he did play a black man, and no one said anything about that. Uh, He did what Morgan Freeman can even do in real life. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Shots fired. I love I love Morgan Freeman. I love Morgan Freeman. I'm just kidding, man. I mean, I hate him, you know, because he has what I don't money. But um, I love him in his roles, man. I actually I, I like movies. Um, and I have a tradition I do on St. Patty's Day. I uh, spend all day writing bad reviews about Braveheart. Um, and you know what's funny? I still haven't seen this movie that movie to this day. Like. <laughs> I don't post them online, they're on my phone for me to read, <laughs> okay? But I just saw, I, I was watching uh, The Departed. Have you guys seen that movie? Any like uh, movie aficionados? Okay, if you haven't, that's cool. I'm gonna ruin it for you anyways. Um, my favorite part about that movie is when Mark Wahlberg kills Matt Damon. Because, yeah, because it's kind of like Mark Wahlberg killing a less talented Mark Wahlberg. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Shots fired, all right. Yep, there we go. So let's get on with the puking story. Have you guys, have you guys ever seen uh, Cowboys vs. Alien? Uh, aliens? Um, no. It's, it has. Yeah. Uh, that movie is really ge- that movie is really great when you're drunk. Um, I've never seen it sober, and I never will. I went to, I went to uh, Jack London. Um, they have five dollars Sundays and Tuesdays in Oakland. I went there when I was in high school. This was when I was really stupid, and me and my cousin had a bottle of Everclear um, because that's that's how we roll. That's how we roll. Yeah, I don't remember ever getting through the opening credits. Uh, <laughs> one thing I do remember, you know how when you black out and then you come right back in, like for certain moments in time? There was a certain moment, I think it was during the alien battle, where I really had to puke, and that's when I started coming back in there. And luckily, the guy that we were sitting next to went, went to go use the bathroom. No one was with him, and he left his bag, uh, his bag of popcorn right there. So I did what any good citizen would do, and, you know, puked in it uh, but you know I felt really bad so I just so me and my cousin went to uh, like the other part of the um, theater and we never got found out and I feel like thank you thank you I feel like though I shouldn't have done it because karma like really gets to you because like uh, a couple years later when I was in college for the first time uh, I just I had a house and we threw a party and that party was so like fat like there was people puking everywhere uh, like really everywhere um, and this is when I felt like karma really came into play I had me like a bo- I had me a cup of um, fruit punch that I just poured for myself 
And as soon as I poured it, I turned around, and this girl came running, puking everywhere, and grabbed it out of my hand and puked right into it as she was running to the bathroom, still puking. Uh, yeah, the most disappointing thing about that night was I was the only one that didn't get laid. Uh, I mean, you know Nah, nah, it's... Nah, I'm just not a big fan of, like, people getting too drunk and then trying to ask. Ah, just, I prefer to remember everything, you know? That's just me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. That's why I'm a comedian, you know? Process, process. No, well, when people ask me, like, what made you decide to become a comedian? Well, it's like this. Have you guys ever gotten so high you decided to follow your dreams? Um, you know, that that's what it was for me, like... Like, my cousin passed me in a blunt, and suddenly I had hope. Um, and here I am telling jokes in front of all you people I've never met before. Uh, it's great. It's great. But I'm, I'm glad to be here. I really am, you know? Um, see, the thing is, like, I like shows like this where, like, people are showing respect to the comics. Because I was, I was working in the door at a show, and, like, as soon as the show started, people just started talking hella loud. And I couldn't hear what was going on. And that really pissed me off. It's like, why do you do that? Why are you going to go pay to go see a show and talk throughout the whole show and not even listen to the comic. That's like going to a music show and putting on your headphones and listening to the music there. Like, <laughs> like I know I came here to see J. Cole, but all I want to listen to is Future. Like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't even like Future. I'm too busy living in, in the past. Um, th- these are urban jokes, by the way. I, I can tell you guys are like, who are these people he's talking about? Just think of Snoop Dogg, if Snoop Dogg didn't know how to rap. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I really don't like Future. No, but like, I really don't. What do you think about the new Snoop Dogg song? Which one? When he uh. Where he does the thing. Oh, you know, I actually haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've gotten the. I've gotten a good impression of it. I mean, like, I, I've seen like Facebook posts. So like, you know, it's whatever. You know, I think like the best Snoop Dogg songs are the ones where he's spelling everything out. Um, so if he's spelling out like shooting Trump during the whole song, I'll listen to it. If he's not, I'm not going to. That's how I learned to spell, man. S- still got second place in the spelling bee. Uh, no, but like you understand what I'm saying, right? Going to the mu- music show and doing all that. It's like I'm putting it to you like this. Like it's like me going to Bible study and bringing out the Torah. You know, and like, I know Jesus died for our sins, but my nigga Moses was splitting oceans, son. Like, like, really? really? Funny thing is about that, I'm Muslim. So, uh, what am I doing with either of those things? Uh, oh, man. Uh, well, I'm, I, I'm from Oakland, um, and I know that's really hard to believe <laughs> because I'm wearing glasses, but uh, I feel like it really throws people off, you know? Like, I have them on, and people think I'm, like, from Walnut Creek. Creek mob? Is that, I feel like you're going to say that. You're trying to hold it back. Someone yelled out Creek mob during this set one time, and that was really funny. That's like yelling out, Lafayette squad. Like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> Sorry, these are local jokes. Uh, I don't have like, a lot of British jokes. But when I take off these glasses, you know, then they really see me for who I am, a real nigga. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I, the hardest part about growing up in Oakland was looking like the only black guy who isn't allowed to say nigga. Um, like I said it, what's that? Nerd yeah, Nerd Squad, yep. Like I said it one time and I got my ass beat by a couple Filipino dudes. Uh, 
I'm never buying weed and back at Taco Bell again. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> Lesson learned. Oh, man, yeah. Um, I actually, these glasses are new. I just got them recently. My old glasses broke. I break glasses all the time. And I actually don't mind wearing broken glasses because when I wear broken glasses, uh, it's, it gets... It, it gets the impression that I want to have on people, you know? When people see me, all they see is a guy not worth robbing. Um, and when you grow up in Oakland, that's pretty cool, you know? Like, I've lived in Oakland my whole life, and I've been robbed one time, and I felt so sorry for that guy who robbed me. All he got was stale gum and a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like. I felt kind of bad, because what if you had a kid to feed, you know? Like. <laughs> Like, sorry, I can't get you a sandwich, but here's Blue Eyes White Dragon. Like, like <laughs> I actually made his day, probably. You know, now that I got this, I'm back to looking like an easy target. You know, like, people see me, and they're like, let's get that motherfucker. He looks like Randy Jackson if he worked at CVS. Like, <laughs> there we go, there we go. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. My um, so my coworker, she got off a really bad relationship, and she was going on this rant about it, and she was telling me, "I'm just done with men, you know. I'm fucking done with men. All they want us to do is cook, clean, and bleach our assholes." And I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> wait, hold on, wait a second. Bleach your assholes. First off, if more than one guy is telling you to bleach your asshole, you're probably not potty trained." <laughs> Second off, what's bleaching assholes? That's my first time hearing about it. Like, I, I don't know. That's just a weird thing to me. Like, I, when she said bleach asshole, I immediately thought of Michael Jackson. Uh, I know, he's dead. That's why I'm not worried. He's not going to touch me. Uh, I love his music, but I remember. I remember. Come on. I remember. I'm not going to act like I forgot. At uh, the time. Yeah. Oh man, um, thank you. Yeah, the, he does. He does. He's he means boy though. We know, like, come on, like we know what he means. Yeah, um, but like the whole thing, like bleach assholes. That's such a weird thing to me, cause like I've never like looked at a girl's asshole and thought to myself, like, hold on, baby, before we go any further, let me get some Clorox real quick. Like, what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> People are in some weird shit, man. I don't, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, so I'm a Sudanese, um, like uh, African Muslim specifically. Um, Sudan is one of the countries on a travel ban, which is funny because that just tells me that Donald Trump has never met a Sudanese person. Like the only reason my cousins want to come to America is so that they can eat donuts and Rihanna. That's it. That, that's literally it. You should... You should hear them talk about Rihanna. Or, I bet you her pussy's so sweet. And I'm like, dude, you got diabetes. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> you take one lick and you lose your leg. Like, <laughs> uh, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Oh man, like I like a lot of people don't really understand what a Sunni's person is, even though when I explain it to them, like my coworker, same one, she came up to me one day and she asked me, "Okay, so I just want to, I just want to know, are you black, African, or Muslim? Because you can't be all three. I was like, "What? <laughs> really? Like, I'm glad you're telling me this now. After 24 years, I've been doing this wrong. I had no idea. I got a GED. What am I? What can I say?" Then I asked her then, okay, then what are you? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, are you white, Caucasian, or lactose intolerant? Uh, or Christian. Or Christian. She chose to be intolerant of that too. <laughs> she can't 
But you got that. I like that. You you understood the difference. That's cool. Not a lot of people do. They're like, uh, there's a difference. Uh, <laughs> for real. Um, yeah, but like I actually found out I'm 25% British. We might be related. Uh, like I am actually like 25% British. I think that would be really cool if I got the privilege that's supposed to come with it. You know, like. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you know, the one where you guys go and colonize everyone else, you know, like like the Scottish, my country, and Sudan, uh, Irish, uh, everyone, China, USA. Well, am I missing anyone? Everyone. Let's just say everyone at this point, man. Okay. I'm glad you guys all have an opinion, but I don't give a fuck. Um, I've lived in a dictatorship, okay? So, like, okay, I cannot handle opinions. Uh, it's all right to have them, but just know you're wrong. Um, <laughs> as simple as that, man. I'm old school, man. I lived in Africa, son. I uh, was kidding. Word, yeah, adjective. Uh, yeah, so, like, I don't think I inherited white privilege, just white guilt, you know, because I love hummus, but I hate Neil Diamond. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't even know who Neil Diamond is. Uh, <laughs> but don't worry, I'll go on Ask Jeeves later to make this joke work, you know. I could say Ted Nugent, but I, I don't know who he is either. And I feel like Neil Diamond has more of an impact, you know, obviously, obviously. Even this guy was like, oh. <laughs> Painful, painful, I can tell. I, I knew it would work on you. I, I heard your voice, and that sweater vest tells me everything. Uh, <laughs> it's like, keeping he's it real. keeping it real. <laughs> I've never met a black person who was more whiter than I went. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. So, shit, I got a minute left? Damn. Yeah, so someone was arguing to me about white privilege, and he was trying to say that white privilege doesn't exist. And what was crazy about it, what was crazy about it, watch this, what was crazy about it was his argument. He was saying that white privilege can't exist if we're still fighting Muslim terrorism. I told him that's a stupid argument because it has nothing to do with each other. That's like trying to say climate change isn't real because the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it has nothing to do with each other. That's like if he, if he was trying to... For real. Like, if he was trying to say, like, if Obama was such a good president, then why did Burger King start selling hot dogs? Like, what? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with each other, you know? Amen. Amen. That's like trying to say... <laughs> Sorry, you threw me off, man. <laughs> you threw me off. I was on a roll, man. There's a third part to it, but I can't fucking remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's like trying to say, if OJ didn't do it, then why did we shoot that gorilla last year? Like, what? <laughs> None of them have anything to do with each other. All right, if you guys like more, if you guys like my stuff and you want to see more of me, um, I don't have a Twitter, but you can always follow me on Bart. Have a good night. Oh, get up, the Roman, killing it! Before we get to our next comedian, does anyone else have a puke story? Are there any other people that have vomited in strange places that want to tell us about it in two minutes? Anyone ever? You already did one. She has another one. Does anyone else have a story about them puking in a weird place? No, it seems not. 
Does Allie Mack exist? Is she a person? I've only met her on the internet. She's supposed to be on the show tonight. She's not here. It's fine. That means that your headliner is up next, and he's going to take so much time. Like, you have, like, 30 minutes plus, bro. Fucking. You guys are in for a treat because he's actually Irish. Well, I don't know. He has red hair. (laughs) So I believe he's probably actually Irish. He's a hilarious human being. Um, he's like my favorite person. He's one of the, it makes me think like if Ronald McDonald and um, Wendy from Wendy's had a child, it would be this next comedian. And he's the cute, I love your, I love your, I want to braid your long hair. I want to, I love how men can express themselves with their hair, but I want to make like two braids down the side, two French braids down the side. Or maybe like one, if maybe if you could grow a beard someday, which I know will never happen because you're super ginger, but if we could just like grow your beard and then we could f- French braid your hair all the way around your head and then through your beard and then up around the side. I know it's impossible because he's never going to grow a beard. I love him so much. You guys are going to love him too, everybody. It's Sean McKenzie! How dare you correctly assume I can't grow a beard? <laughs> I, I've got some vigorous patches that I could pull off. I really could. Like here and on the sides. Like if I ever was trapped on a desert island, which is the only reason I wouldn't shave, I would end up looking like someone that would teach kung fu. Like that's the kind of beard I could grow. Uh, thank you guys very much for hanging out. I appreciate it. Uh, I especially appreciate it because as a comedian, I do a lot of shows in a lot of places, and sometimes you guys aren't there. Uh, My current record for smallest audience stands at two people. Six comedians on the lineup. We outnumbered the crowd at a ratio of three to one. Do you have any idea how fucking uncomfortable it is deciding how much eye contact to make between two goddamn people when only one of the three of us is talking? It's tricky. Uh, Eye contact is already a pretty new thing in my life. I've been working on it. it's a little tricky for me because I've got the anxiety real good. Uh, any of you guys have a problem with anxiety on a day-to-day basis? Anybody in the crowd? I, I don't believe you, silly hat. There's, <laughs> you are drunk or on enough Xanax to kill a mule right now if you have a problem with anxiety. I've grown skeptical. When I first started asking audiences, I just took their answers at face value. But every once in a while, I'll ask the audience, like, hey, does anybody have a problem with anxiety? And someone would be like, Woo! I'm like, liar. No, you don't. <laughs> you just want to participate, and I can appreciate that. Sometimes I'll ask audience members if they have anxiety, and there'll be a couple, and one of them will point at the other one. And I'm like, break up right now. <laughs> it's like, this person right here would hate to have a bunch of attention put on them. And I, as the person they trust the most, would like to out them. <laughs> Also, I'm just trying to break people up because I'm bitter. It's fun. Uh, no, I've got, I've got anxiety pretty good. And I've found some silver linings. There's some positives. You know how much money I've saved on horror movies and roller coasters and shit? Why would I pay someone to experience fear when I can just go to a social gathering? <laughs> Jumping out of airplanes and shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Wherever there's a group of Chads and Trevors putting GoPro cameras on helmets, I am not involved. 
My stoner theory is that people do extreme sports because our species doesn't have predators anymore. Some people's lives are too goddamn easy. They got to go out there and find predators. That is not my problem. I've got anxiety. There's lions and tigers and bears all over this motherfucker. <laughs> None of which frighten me, by the way. I'm not scared of those monsters or random violence or getting jumped on the street. I'm afraid of someone knocking on the bathroom door the moment I have to take a shit. <laughs> The very instant is too late for me to change my mind and go home. Knock, knock. Oh, Jesus, here we go. And then I lean forward out of fear, and it turns out the toilet has an automatic flush, and I just kill myself. Uh, maybe that's relatable. It gets weirder. Uh, have you ever been in a crowded elevator full of people that might think you're breathing wrong? Huh. I'll just shut that shit down, man. I'd rather not breathe and have these strangers think I'm some kind of weirdo breathing irregularly. It would be much more normal to just... <laughs> if you don't have anxiety, you might wonder how someone can forget how to breathe. It's a lot like how someone can get on stage and forget how they hold their arms in day-to-day -day life. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier than to let my free arm hang casually by my side. But somewhere around there, that just starts to get terrifying. So I stay in T-Rex position. That way I can feel comfortable enough to tell dick jokes to strangers. It's just my process. Uh, this is gross. If somebody next to you clapped or wooed for anxiety, this is not them. This is my own weird shit. Do not judge your neighbor. If I get nervous enough, I will become gassy. Yeah. See, I'll better keep laughing at these fucking jokes uh, for all our sakes. But what the hell? From an evolutionary perspective, why would gassiness be my fight-or-flight response? Is that like a squid releasing ink to escape a predator? Some meathead dude goes, hey, nerd, and I just go, and I run away. I, I, I wrote that joke after a, an audience member came up to me after a show, and they said they liked that I didn't do any fart jokes, and I was like, damn, I gotta write a fart joke. I fucking love jokes, but I feel like I look like I don't. Like, I think I look like a picture of San Francisco political correctness. I feel like I look like the guy that shows up at the end when everybody's laughing and goes, I don't think we should be laughing about this one, guys. It's a very serious topic that we're treating in a lighthearted manner. <laughs> Let's talk about puke, baby. We're talking about puke a little bit. I'm glad we haven't talked about puke too much because I didn't think you were going to last the whole show, honestly. I was watching you from over there. I'm like, she's not going to make it to my set. No way in hell. Uh, these are very gentle puke stories that I've got just a couple and then we're going to move on. But uh, No, I, my, I am Irish, if you can't tell by the giant fucking forehead. That's, that's my green that I'm wearing today is this white right here. This is, this is technically white, but it is effectively green. This is the Irish hallmark right here. Uh, my full name is Sean Patrick O'Brien McKenzie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Most of my family members are either in recovery or in denial. That's what we do. Uh, I drink. I like drinking. I miss... I'm good at drinking now, and I kind of miss being bad at it. Those were adventures, man. <laughs> I know, let's try to climb this building. Don't do that. <laughs> it's, it hurts when you fall. I mean, it might not literally hurt because alcohol kind of covers that one up, but the next day, goddamn. I, uh, I remember I was just this 
you know, real skeezy, like 19, 20 year old uh, house party. When I was that age, I'm not hanging out there now. Uh, and uh, I was, uh, you know what? Let me get this out of the way before I get into the puking story. I know that I look like this, but I want to make it very clear that every once in a while, women do sleep with me. All right, God damn it. I don't care what you were assuming. It happens, all right? It's a very sweet heart move on their part. They should, it's really appreciated. They should be able to write it off on their taxes, honestly. It's very kind. Get those Oz the fuck out of here. That's not what I'm doing. No, I am. There's, I got this all shucks thing going on. It is what it is. I'm not trying to claim I'm out there killing it every night. That's not the argument I'm making. You know? I'm not blowjob in the bathroom guy, and I've made my peace with that. I'm all right with that. That's okay. I don't need to, I don't need to be that guy necessarily, you know? There are some benefits to being a dude like this. There are. I think that in general, women tend to trust me a little bit more than they might other guys. More specifically, I think some women will go condomless a little earlier in the relationship than they might have with another fella. Which is almost offensive. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you. I could have gonorrhea. I've lived a life. I guess you got to pick your battles, though. I don't know. Uh... But anyways, I was, so to jump back, I just needed to get that out of the way before saying that. I, I was making out with a lady at this party, but we were 19, 20 years old and drunk assholes. So we were making out on a couch in a room full of passed out drunk people. And there was a woman passed out on the other side of this L-shaped couch. And she woke up, picked up a cup. She didn't even get up. She woke up, grabbed a cup, vomited into it, didn't spill a drop put it back on the table, and fell back asleep. It was so impressive. It was so impressive, it didn't even fuck up the mood. Like, we kept making out after that. Like, normally if someone pukes in the same room as you, that's a wrap on that shit. I, I will forever appreciate you, Courtney. You're a <laughs> champ. Courtney's don't know how to puke in cups. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. No, I... Uh, I went out with a Courtney for a long time, different Courtney. She was, I, my, my, I generally go out with bipolar women with substance abuse issues. I, you don't necessarily know you have a type until life tells you you have a type, you know what I mean? Like, well, I guess I keep dating them, so. <laughs> she, our relationship got fucked up a lot for a bunch of reasons, but one of them is like, I, people call me smart a lot, but smart and dumb, it's not binary. It's complicated. It's all over the place. Like, I'm smart. Like, I got a vocabulary or whatever, and these glasses impress a lot of people. But I, I am so dumb in so many ways. Like, she would want to vent about the shitty day she just had, and as the boyfriend, I was happy to do that. But I couldn't handle her using second person in stories because I am that dumb. And she would be like, and then I fucking told Jerry, Jerry, you need to listen to me. And I'm sitting there like, I am listening to you. <laughs> Katrina, you ain't shit. I am shit. I swear I am. <laughs> Fucking Courtney. I still owe her $400. <laughs> I want to be very clear. I'm not the kind of boyfriend that takes out loans from girlfriends. I don't do that shit. But I did fuck up and say, hey, you should park there. And then her car got towed. So basically, I owe her $400. But... I appreciate that, and that's very sweet. But what I do in relationships is blame myself for everything. So I'm going to have to reject that right now. That's, that's how I get through. Uh, <laughs> fucking relationships. I, uh, 
I'm not going to go into it too much because it's a very sore subject, but tonight's theme is puking. I recently did a show where the theme was love after a woman shit all over my heart. I did it mostly from the fetal position on stage, and it went surprisingly well. <laughs> it did feel like a triumph, goddammit. I love jokes, man. It's a, I, I, uh, by the way, speaking of assumptions, uh, uh, the jumping back to earlier, uh, despite what all of you were assuming, I am not, in fact, a software engineer. Uh, <laughs> I, I get it. I totally get it. I have a mirror. I understand. I'm not in tech. Most of my jobs have been making fancy sandwiches for people that do work in tech. <laughs> Snapshot of me in any given day is just me handing a sandwich to another me. Just a mirror image with success and failure on opposite sides. I don't mind the sandwiches. I fucking love sandwiches, man. This shit. Customers can be problematic. Any of you guys work customer service? Anybody here got customer service experience? Yeah, then you know what I mean. Fuck people. Uh, well, I will say, most customers are awful, terrible human beings, but there are some angels out there, man. There are people that can turn around a whole shift's worth of assholes. I was, I was working in this deli in the financial district somewhere over here, there, uh, and I was having a rough day, because it's just the worst customers in the financial district, just like, I'm rich, and my even richer boss is yelling at me, so now I'm yelling at you, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting paid minimum wage to pretend like none of this hurts my feelings. Hooray! <laughs> It was towards the end of a full day of getting yelled at by strangers, and this old hippie lady came in, and she bought a single bottle of water and paid for it with a $2 bill. And I said, oh, you don't see a lot of these anymore. She said, yeah, I make them. And then she walked outside. <laughs> Fuck yeah, hippie lady. <laughs> That's what's up. It was a very convincing fake, by the way. She could have been making hundreds, but she's just in it for the love of counterfeiting. <laughs> I find that inspirational. I bet she didn't even drink the water. I bet she walked outside, headed to a homeless dude, was like, it's about the art, and kept strolling. <laughs> it was glorious. I, I no longer work with sandwiches professionally. I'm still a hobbyist. Uh, and I work, I'm not lying to you for a joke, this is real. My full-time day job now is I assemble IKEA furniture for a living. Yeah. How fucked are we as a country that my profession even exists? Doesn't that feel like a sad parody of what's happened to American manufacturing? That other countries build shit 97% of the way and then send it over with some cute comic book instructions and an adorable little Allen wrench? Like, who says Americans don't build anything anymore? <laughs> See somebody building a whole bedroom set, you little manufacturer. <laughs> We're so fucked. <laughs> I really think so, man. A lot of people have been talking about the apocalypse since Trump got elected. Fucking bandwagoners. I've been obsessed for years now. <laughs> I have. Dude, I'm like one of those doomsday preppers, except for instead of hoarding food and water, I just get really high and think about, man, I should probably start hoarding some food and water. <laughs> it's not an effective strategy for the future. And we're the worst generation to face the end of times. We have no good post-apocalyptic skills. Our grandparents could build shit. What do we got? A city full of tech bros who would be able to build apps showing where people are starving in real time. There's no lag on this human misery at all. I was talking to a friend about this. She claimed to have a good post-apocalyptic skill and that she makes soap. And you know what? That is a good one. No one wants to have swampy balls when trying to repopulate the earth. Right on. 
so I asked her, all right, how do you make soap? And she said, well, first you buy a soap making kit. We're fucked. <laughs> fucked. But in the meantime, I assemble Ikea furniture, and I had another angel customer, this guy. Because it's different. Usually people would come up to my cash register and I'd have like 150 customers a day. Now I have like one or two, but I'm in their fucking house and I spend time with them, which I thought was going to be a lot of material. And I was wrong. You guys are boring as fuck. Uh, <laughs> but this guy, look at, look at me glowing just thinking about this motherfucker. This guy recently moved to the city from rural-ass Tennessee. Every time I say rural successfully, I'm very proud of myself. Middle of fucking nowhere. There's big cities, arts, culture, sports, all that shit. They got it, Memphis, Nashville. It's people shit on the South, but there's a lot going on there. He's not from that part of the South, all right? He's from Badang Dong Dang, Tennessee, all right? <laughs> Middle of nowhere, getting homeschooled by crazy Christian parents. Moved to this city, not as a gay dude escaping persecution, but just a guy moving for a job. Moved to San Fran fucking Cisco. God damn, dude. The home of the Folsom Street Fair? Are you kidding me? Put, you know what? I'm not going to do that, Pam. <laughs> I appreciate the suggestion, but I'm going to leave them right where they are for the moment. Oh, now everyone's aware that I've got genitals. That's a problem. We fool ourselves with pants into thinking that there's nothing going on between the legs, but it's there all the time. Look around the room. Watch people get uncomfortable when you look at them. It's hanging out there. We try to pretend. <laughs> I've got a friend uh, who's from the country. She almost never comes into the city. And every time she does, she looks at buildings and all she, like, in her mind's eye, she's just seeing pipes full of poop moving through them. <laughs> like, we pretend as a society that we don't have these gross, basic animal things going on. This isn't what I wanted to talk about. I was talking about Tennessee and the Folsom Street Fair. I get <laughs> I've got the ADD. It happens. Uh, this guy, so I'm assuming most of you guys know what the Folsom Street Fair is, but even if you do, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to explain it anyways because it makes me happy. Uh, I love explaining the Folsom. Do you guys, out-of-towners, do you guys know about the Folsom Street no. Fair? This is wonderful. All right. Here, here in the city of San Francisco, uh, over on Folsom Street here, we've got a few hundred thousand freaky deekies get dressed up in leather, slap each other across the face, and jerk each other off in the middle of the goddamn street in broad-ass daylight. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Grand Canyon. You need to see that as she at least at once in your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> One day a year, San Francisco looks like what the Republicans think it looks like all the time. <laughs> it's beautiful. And this dude moved from Tennessee here, and he wasn't freaked out by that shit at all. He was excited to meet new kinds of people. This, this dude got jazzed about recycling. I am not lying to you. Yeah, he was sorting his trash, and he just stopped, and he put his hands on his hips, and he looked at me, and he said, you know what? Where I'm from, in Tennessee, we don't do things like recycling, but I like it. <laughs> I like you! What a sweetheart attitude to have. I hope he keeps it. I hope the city doesn't beat it out of him. In fact, I hope to see him later this year at this year's Folsom Street Fair with that attitude. You know where I'm from in Tennessee, we don't do things like tongues and butts, but I like it. <laughs> it's wonderful. I need that jolt of positivity every once in a while, man. I get too cynical, get too cynical too young. I'm 32 and I'm already starting sentences with shit like kids these days. It's too much. Times are changing fast though. Like kids these days. <laughs> 
kids these days are starting with RedTube and YouPorn, and that is not okay. <laughs> there is no way it's healthy for your first exposure to pornography to be all of the pornography. <laughs> That's too much! You can't just send a 12-year-old kid to the splash page of X videos and hope for the best. <laughs> gonna click on the wrong thumbnail and get that evil Eastern European camera guy like slap her face she likes slap she hates slap don't do that even tame shit it would not have helped me at 12 years old to know about foot fetishes all right I was already wearing my shoe my t-shirt in the pool I did not need shoes and socks to the mix I knew you were gonna be a problem Soon as soon as you walked in with that hat and your buddy with the sweater vest, I'm like, these guys want attention. <laughs> I will say, I will give you plaudits for getting up here and talking, though. That's cool. But in the future, we have an open mic here earlier in the night. You can just do that. No, I don't know. Hecklers is weird because you're you're a nice person and sweet. And, and before I started doing comedy, uh, I always assumed that heckling was one thing. It was like the aggressive jerk that was trying to ruin the show. You know what I mean? But like usually it's people who are just participating and hanging out. But sometimes it gets weird, man. I had a I had a homeless heckler one time. I was doing this like weird outdoor show and this homeless dude just walked up, sat right down in the front, just started yabbering gibberish at me, just like. Take goddamn use of my life, Janet. Just angry nonsense, right? <laughs> but the crowd started getting excited, like, ooh, get him, get him. It's like, he's a homeless dude that smells like pee. Life got him. Let's let this one go. <laughs> that's too mean for some people in this room, and that's okay. I don't know. I'm new to offending people and that sort of thing. My whole life, because I got anxiety. I tried to avoid offending people, but now I'm doing stand-up comedy. I kind of love it. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I know people always assume, too, that I'm going to be on their side when they talk to me about political correctness, which is always a charming trait, just assuming that we have the same opinion. They'll come up to me after shows like, don't you hate the fucking PC police, man? You can't say nothing these days, fucking PC police. It's bullshit. You can say more stuff now than ever. This is the golden age of free speech, man. Before political correctness, that's when you couldn't say shit for real. Like in the 50s, a woman, for example, couldn't say something like, I'm a small business owner. Ah. Or no. <laughs> what I like about that joke is that it's a fun roller coaster of people agreeing with me and then going, no, I hated that. <laughs> My one problem with political correctness, very unevenly applied. San Francisco, very PC town. We're very happy to call people out on their shit, except for we let our friends get away with fucking murder. You ever been out to Fisherman's Wharf? They got all these seals or sea lions or whatever. They're just out there making fun of mentally handicapped kids all day long. No one says shit to those assholes. Art, art. It's not okay, seals. Those of you that are offended and silent, I'm on your side. We are in agreement. <laughs> Fucking stand up. One of the things I love about stand-up is I love language. I'm a language nerd, man. English, by the way, is a living language. Grammar Nazis can suck a dick. I will put a comma wherever I feel like the sentence goes pause. All right? 
I had this, I used to work at a grocery store, one of my long line of name tag uh, employments, and I was in the express lane, 15 items or less, and I had this real NPR tote bag motherfucker, you know the type. Like, you could just imagine him wearing a tweed jacket on for formal occasions, this guy. And he came up and he said, you know, it should be 15 items or fewer. And I said, oh, is an iPhone fewer customer? Get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> you guys could tell I was lying. I didn't say that. I said, oh, I'll tell management, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun thing about stand-up is you get a lie and pretend like you did cooler things than you did. <laughs> I love language, but some, some of like our slang, like it's almost not even slang anymore. Pimping is just a compliment in our society. How the fuck did that happen? Pimping, the most evil profession in the goddamn world, cold as a pimp's heart pimping is a compliment? What the fuck is next? Hey, check you out, man. You looking real pedophile. Yeah. Starts creeping into music and shit like big pedo touching kids. We going. Sometimes it's hard to figure out in what way you lost the audience. <laughs> it's not a hip hop crowd too offensive or just not that funny of a joke. I'm not sure. I'm, an, I'm a nerd, I'm a language nerd. My only problem with being a nerd is that I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> if you look like this and you can't run for more than 30 seconds, you're a nerd. <laughs> Here's your Magic the Gathering deck of cards and I'll fix my computer, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't even know how to fix computers. And like, just try and I'm like, holy shit, I know how to fix computers. <laughs> Apparently that just comes along with shitty vision. Why are those things correlated? Why do so many nerds wear glasses? What is the connection between that and elves and orcs and shit? I don't understand. My one, it's not even a theory, I just feel like it's a, something of a connection. Is that it has something to do with the part of our life before glasses when we could not see shit, but we did not know that that was the case. Uh. Because you don't start with glasses. Like, they don't have... Actually, they do now. They actually came out with an eye test for babies. So every once in a while, you see a baby wearing glasses, which is the cutest thing in the goddamn world. <laughs> Although I feel like you would expect too much out of a baby wearing glasses. Like, come on, baby, use your words. <laughs> Help me fix my computer. <laughs> but I didn't, like... When did you get glasses, man? How old were you? Second grade, and your vision's pretty, pretty fucking bad? Yeah, second grade is, yeah, same deal. I made it to third or fourth, something like that. But it's, that's way too late. That is way the fuck too late to not be able to see shit. Did you know, like, how did you find out that you needed glasses? Sitting in class in the second grade, uh -huh. I just couldn't see the board, and I complained, and then she put my desk right up on the board. <laughs> and it singled me out, made me feel awful. Yes! That's how I found out I needed glasses. <laughs> That's fucking great. Exactly, exactly. Then we'll add so you know what? You know what? You can sit back with the rest of the classes, but now you're fucking four eyes. Figure that shit out, right? God damn. You know what, you two eyes motherfuckers, your time is limited. We're coming for you anyways. The revolution begins. See the way my brain with that dealt with that shit was I thought that what the teacher wrote on the board was for his or her own benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I got my notepaper here. She's got her big notepaper there. That's her business. I don't need to worry about that shit. 
My dad was bummed out that I wasn't into baseball, but I thought that nobody else could see the ball either. It's like, why is everyone so impressed by these smudges gesturing towards each other? My dad was a jock that had a nerd. What a, it's a, it's fucking, it's, he couldn't, how do you plan for that? He wasn't ready for that shit. We're different people, you know? You wouldn't be able to pick my dad out of a dad lineup. You really, like, we don't even look the same. It could be like, it could be like five black dudes and my dad. And you'd be like, damn, what of those black dudes had a light-skinned baby? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cheat and see how long I've been talking to you guys because I don't want to keep you here forever. Oh, cool. I'm going to... Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. You know, uh, this has been a weird night. Uh, I haven't talked about puke enough, but I think that I can get even weirder than vomit for my closing bit. Uh, yeah, let's get weird. You guys okay with getting weird for the last one? Right on. Right on. Cool. Uh, to preface this, I love dogs. I've always been a dog person. If I see a cute dog now, I'm like some of my friends with their biological clocks ticking around babies. I am that way around puppies right now. Like... <laughs> I want you, let me hold it. Oh. That's who I am with dogs. I fucking love dogs. So this bit seems like a criticism of dogs. It's not. It's a criticism of us. All right? Because we made dogs. We took the gray wolf and we turned it into the teacup chihuahua because we get lonely. You understand how insane that is? We, dogs aren't from nature. There's nothing natural about the way a pug breathes. <laughs> we did that shit to another animal because we wanted it to be cute. I mean, we succeeded. Pugs are cute as fuck. I'm not trying to lie here. I'm just saying, like, like have you ever heard that vegetarian argument, like, uh, it, what, it's okay for us to eat beef because we're smarter than cows? What if aliens came to this planet? Could they eat us if they were smarter than us? No, sure. Let them eat us as long as they don't domesticate us. Selectively breeding to make us adorable like we did with the dog. Picture it. Picture the domesticated human on the alien homeworld. Some three-foot little monster comes running up on pencil legs or something. Maybe they give us elven ears or however they want to Mr. Potato Head our DNA. You know? Maybe they do something fun like give us short limbs and long torsos like we did to wiener dogs or corgis or CeeLo Green. <laughs> CeeLo Green is way too old of a reference to close on but I'm going to do it thank you guys so much for letting me hang out with you you guys have been a bunch of fun Ken Benjamin the Sean McKenzie the only real Irishman here tonight because he has red hair to prove that before we close out does anyone have a puke story they want to tell Katie wants to come up and tell another puke story we're going to let her do it can you make it two minutes here we go. We have Katie Petro up again. She's going to tell us a two-minute puke story. Here we go. So I love my brother-in-law. He's amazing. He's from Seattle. One of the things I don't love about him is he, like, every time you hang out with him and you have a lot of IPA, he tells you the same story, using the exact same words, again and again. He's, he, he, right? You guys know him. Um, so we were at Zeitgeist one night. This is before him. He knocked up my sister, and they moved to Oakland. Um, and um, <laughs> we had some beer, and we're like walking our way back up Valencia Street so we could get back to Bernal to get home, because I was living with them. 
This is when he still technically lived in Seattle. And um, he told me this story. And he was like, oh, yeah, and this guy. And, like, we were at the porn collective house in Seattle. And it's, like, a collective. And it's, like, really amazing. And, like, I'm like, dude, we got to get some food. So we go into that burger joint, the new burger joint, you know, with, like, it was brand new. They had, like, the spray-painted whatever mural graffiti on the walls. We, and I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, we need to order some food. Like, let's just get some food. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. And we order burgers. And he's like, so you know that guy about the porn collective? And I'm like, and he starts launching into the story. And the lady shows up with our burgers. And I'm like, cool. And I'm like eating my burger. And just as I put the burger into my mouth, he goes, (laughs) all over me. All over the, these random like tech bros sitting next to us, all over my burger, all over his burger, and I start dying laughing because I'm just like, oh my god, my the guy that's fucking my sister just puked in my mouth like from four feet away. This is hilarious, and um, and and. So then I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm gonna like go, and I'm like, can I, like, can I have some towels? And I like start wiping off the table, and they're like, you guys just need to go. And I was like, I'm really sorry, and I'm never coming back. And they're like, that would be the best thing you could ever do. <laughs> and I've never been back. Katie Pedro telling us. Another puke story. I'm gonna end it with one more puke story, only because it's completely unalcohol related, and it's that I did it with um, Thai bird chilies. I don't know if anybody loves Thai food. Does anybody love eating spicy food till they puke? No one's ever done this before. I had Thai food lunch special at Osha up on Valencia, and they have a whole mirrored area, and I'm sitting in the front with the mirrors. And I'm starting to pass out because I had too many hot peppers and I'm actually starting to pass out and I'm texting my boyfriend at the time and I'm like, you have to get here quick. And he, quickly, because I'm not, I love grammar. And uh, so he starts coming at me and the, I looked at the lady who was working there and I was like, I'm going to be, and she brought me a bag. And so I'm sitting in on Valencia on 19th Street in the OSHA and I'm in the window and I'm puking into a bag and I'm saying to people, it's not the food, it's me. I had too many Thai bird chilies. It's really great food. And I puked and puked and puked and then Jonathan showed up and he's like, oh no, she's going to be okay. And I like had to, I like crawled out of there. But it was really weird because I still eat there. It wasn't their food. It was my fault because just... Pro tip, you guys, if you're, don't eat like 50 Thai bird chilies in a sitting because you're going to die. Like you will puke. If you're not going to puke it up, if your body doesn't let you puke it up, then there's like razor blades coming out of your ass. But the good part is that you don't have to work out as a female comedian in your 40s. You can just be an alcoholic and eat really spicy food and then all, everything that comes out of your ass is liquid. So you never get fat. It's the best thing, right? I know, right? I'm never going to get fat because I'm an alcoholic who loves spicy foods. That's going to be the end of Pamtastics tonight. Thank you guys for being here again. Zunzu Kersher, one of the ones and twos. I've been Pam Benjamin. This has been a great show. Yay!
Now you see the sort of the tippler's way Where the love of the liquor for Tim was born Help him on his work each day To drop with the crater every morn Wank for you down, I'll dance to your partner Well, the floor you taught her shade Wasn't the truth, I told you so There's lots of fun and fitting in One morning Tim felt rather full His head was heavy, which made him shake Well, he fell off the ladder and broke his skull And they carried him home, the carbs to wake Well, they wrapped him up in a nice clean sheet And they laid him out upon the bed A gallon of porter at his feet And a nagging of whiskey at his head Back for you down, I'll dance to your partner Walk the floor, you're tired of shame Wasn't the truth, I told you so There's lots of fun that bring him swig His friends assembled at the meeting And Mrs. Finnegan called for lunch First she bought out tea and cakes Then pipes the baggy whiskey punch Then Biddy O'Brien began to cry Such a nice clean carbs did you ever see Tim over eat, why did you die? I'm none of your gums and Biddy McGee Back by your dad, I'll dance to your partner Well, the floor you got a shake Was the truth, I told you so There's lots of fun that Biddy can swing Then Maggie O'Connor took up the job Ah, Biddy says she, you're wrong, I'm sure Then Biddy gave her a belt in the gum yeah, so I guess we can uh, talk more. I mean, we can maybe go back a little bit to Occupy. I remember because I left New York uh, in 2011 in the summertime, shortly before that happened. I remember following it, and I was in St. Louis in the fall. So I was uh, remember when that was happening there. And I do remember following online and seeing even the, the photo of you with holding your glasses. Yeah, yeah, that one, uh, that one was uh, shared pretty widely online, and it was it was strange to find myself being the subject of uh, of a what just is objectively a kind of iconic looking photograph. It was a very strange phenomenon. Yes. Yeah, and something similar um, here in San Francisco. There's been there was a lot of pressure to have the police chief fired, and thankfully he has resigned. Um, and a, f- a few months ago, folks took to city hall, and of course the police ended up harassing and uh, assaulting quite a few people, um, including journalists. So I think for for some folks who were not quite uh, were a bit surprised that that would happen, but that seems to been have happening for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I I really think that that at the at the local level, at the level of of mayors and police chiefs, um, there's been a, a serious lack of attention paid to First Amendment protections for for press, for activists, um, for assembly rights. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really think that that one of the lesser told stories over the last I don't know five, six, seven years is uh, is like a real just complete lack of respect for uh, freedom of the press by yes. by mayors and police chiefs really across the country yeah yeah absolutely uh, have you um, encountered any more like violence um, in in your fields uh, since the occupy movement uh, well I was arrested a second time um, also as a journalist uh, on the one-year anniversary of occupy Uh but since then, there was there was a, a year where I had an official NYPD um, press credential, which I resisted getting for a long time because I don't think that the police of any city should be the people conferring the status of journalist or not journalist. Yeah, yeah. 
it's like, you know, it seems to me a little bit like the, um, the fox watching the hen house, as they say. Um, but after the second arrest, I kind of was just like, this is, I can't keep doing my job. Uh, I keep getting kidnapped by the state. Yeah. So, so uh, I applied for uh, credentials, and then they expired. And honestly, since then, I've, I've been doing less reporting on sort of demonstrations and marches and more um, stuff around uh, Guantanamo and, and refugees and things like that. So I haven't personally seen a lot of that, though I know, obviously, it, like in, in Ferguson, for instance, yeah. um, a close friend of mine um, got shot by the police with rubber bullets as he was approaching them with his hands up. Um, and he's a, he's a white guy, so you know that they were trigger-happy if they were doing that. And he was saying, press. Yes, so, yeah. You know, that's just like one one of many many examples of uh, of, of recent uh, literal attacks on on press. Oh, oh, oh. So, um, so speaking of, uh, I guess Guantanamo. What's happening there, if anything at all? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I was actually just there um, to get a media tour um, uh, earlier this month, just about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call it a media tour. In reality, it's about a one-day, um, highly choreographed, um, you know, very tightly controlled walkthrough of some of the facilities. Um and everyone really stays on their talking points. It's it's a it's a, a, a kind of media tour in name only. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, nonetheless, it was interesting. It was my fifth time there, um, but my first time taking a tour of the, the facilities. And really, I think the big the the big story with Guantanamo is that we can expect um, a, a probably two dozen transfers, give or take, in the next month and a half. Oh wow. Okay. Um. And then after that, my strong suspicion is that transfers are going to almost totally flatline. And I think that by the end of Obama's term, there's going to be somewhere between 30 and 40 people who are still going to be held at Guantanamo. And there's really, um, I think, very little reason to think that they will either be transferred to the U.S., um, for for continued imprisonment, or whether any of those people will be detained, and I think that basically um, Obama is going to pass on a very very small uh, population of detainees to mm. the next administration. Oh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. It just still feels disheartening to to hear that. Um, it's also yeah. good just to get some information from like from from the inside or from as close as possible. Yeah, well, one of the things that was that was really um, troubling about about the media visit is that um, various officials, basically the top commander uh, on the on the base, and then the the person who's below him, who's essentially the prison warden, um, both said that for right now there's this is according to them, so take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. they said that there's a great amount of. Um, Optimism amongst the population of detainees or prisoners, if you like, um, yeah. because there have been so many, uh, relatively speaking, a lot of transfers lately, and so um, I think that there is, at least according to them, there's there's optimism that people you know think they're going to get out. Many of them have been held for twelve, thirteen, fourteen years at this point um, without charge, 
And where the troubling part comes in is what I was saying before, is that even when you talk to commanders and, and um, the, you know, the warden on, on the base, they say that, that once those transfers happen and then everything starts to slow down, you're going to very understandably get... Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. To smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah!